And welcome back to the Masters of Modern MMCast podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with a very special co-host, Rebel. Welcome to the MMCast for the first time. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I was trying to think if it was my first time. It is, though. It is. Yes, it's you've been on the stream. We've yeah, we've street we've done we've done games of commander, but now now we're talking modern, which is which is really what life's about. Maybe surprising. Um, but uh, hello, everyone. And it's, if this is your first time here, we're uh, a Magic the Gathering podcast, mostly focused on content about uh, all things magic, though, uh, with the always the lens of uh, the format modern. Uh, and uh, today, when we get into it, we will be uh, we're going to do we're going to do we're going to talk grinding station. We're going to talk uh, underworld breach. I'm going to say through the breach, like at least 12 times throughout the episode. But anytime I say I'll that it's underworld breach, <laughs> uh, we'll keep track. Uh, maybe there'll be a counter somewhere that the editors uh, Rick or Marshall will put in and uh, maybe if people want to play a drinking game at home feel free uh, if you're under the age of 21 enjoy the Martinelli's apple cider and <laughs> otherwise have fun uh, all right so but before we do um, really quick shout out to all of our sponsors uh, first on channel fireball and TCG player uh, thank you so much for being the home of the MM cast uh, and if you are looking to buy any cards uh, there's a link below for a TCG player affiliate link if you click on that you go to the TCG player website it'll just remember we sent you and they uh help us out so help us help them help you uh any of the cards we talk if you want to talk about buying grinding station or all this stuff that is the place to buy it uh and then uh beyond that uh check out altersleeves.com uh, there are some technical issues with the website right now but they are still uh one of the sponsors of the podcast and we uh once they're back up and running which we're really excited about where there's a bunch of cool stuff happening there and if you're a patron you get cool altar sleeves uh once their site is back up and running uh there's a cool lightning bolt one with me and ben that will be being thrown your way shortly and uh last before getting started rebel wh wh where let everyone know who you are where do you come from what what is your magic vibe <laughs> my, my magic vibe hello everyone i'm rebel uh i come from the internet i'm made of code and data i'm an ai uh you can find me on youtube i think and also twitter yeah i think that's the main two places i technically have an instagram too but I don't think you need to go there. There's nothing special there. Uh, my magic vibe is usually playing CEDH or Commander, but I have been playing a lot of uh, Modern lately and also Legacy and Pre-Modern and kind of everything. But I used to actually play Modern before playing Commander. Uh, I escaped Modern with Commander, and now we're back again. You can never truly escape. A betrayal. A, the betrayal that I think some of our followers sometimes feel if we talk about <laughs> Commander like last week. Um, but yeah, and and you know, something that we're really excited by, we're, uh, are you going to Philly? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, so Philly's coming up in, in, in four weeks. I've been ramping up, building multiple modern decks ready to take there at, at uh, MTG Summit. I got to jam a bunch of modern and it was a blast um, just firing off games. So I wanted more things to try out and I realized that the grinding station deck, I basically, I opened up three Mox Ambers out of the Brothers War packs that <laughs> I opened. Uh, and I was like, oh, I guess I these are the only cards I didn't own <laughs> the grinding station deck. Uh, I, I bought some uh, redundant copies. I guess I, I only owned one expressive iteration as well. So I did have to buy a play set of those. But uh, the... Oh, what a shame. I know I do. Do I need that? Absolutely. Uh, and then did. I did just buy just more scalding tarns. They're only 
like fifteen dollars. Oh, they're, so <laughs> they're so cheap right now. It's so weird because because we we probably lived through the same time period where Scalding Time was like ninety dollars plus or whatever a, a pop, and now now they're like fifteen dollars and like windswept heath is like 40 or something i don't know i might be making that up that's no, no, no. All, like, all of all of the, the, old ones the are expensive the yeah. ones and the old ones are expensive and all yeah. the all the enemy the ones I, like i just keep like building commander decks in these decks and modern decks and i just like i'm like i could like dig through 30 different commander decks that don't need to play off color fetches and yeah. like try and put together this deck or i can spend 30 dollars and buy a, a, a play set of arid mesas an additional play set of arid mesas. yeah <laughs> and, it's, and i'm sure you're gonna get rewarded for for all those arid mesas at some point anyways it, you know it's like such an it has historically been such a no-brainer investment to just buy fetch lands that i can't imagine it being wrong now yeah there's there's no there i don't think there's any level of reprinting like aside from a ban like a hard ban on all fetches in modern which you right. know would it make sense that that fetches is just a bad idea yeah it it it's it's really cool i mean it's one of the like weird things with the modern horizons 2 stuff right where like the format is collectively more expensive because of elementals and ragavans yeah but at the same time fetch lands are so inexpensive that like the the actual barrier to entry to modern historically is no longer the barrier to entry yeah, you're you're at least you're able to to play high color and resolve spells. The yeah. quality of spells depends on your wallet. Yes, but yeah. at least you're, you're able to play, right? Which is not that bad. It used to be the other way around where you just don't even get to play. So. Yeah, you can have cool spells, but good luck on getting a mana yeah. base out there. Um, but yeah, so so and and I know you've had uh, experience playing a lot of grinding station in the past. Uh, yes. I have some thoughts on kind of its historic prevalence. So I, I wanted to talk about it. So, so really quickly, can you explain what Grinding Station is as a, as a deck in modern? Yeah, so Underworld Breach Grinding Station is a really, really interesting modern deck uh, because, well, actually, I think a lot of people would say that it's the best modern deck in the meta right now. However, however, it's it's held back by how difficult it is to pilot very, very well, which I would agree with. I don't I don't know, like a hundred percent, if it's the best deck, but I can I can attest to how difficult it is to to pilot. Um, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But it's a it's an interesting combination of a combo deck, but with the ability to play more tempo with having cards like Ledger Shredder and and Ragavan, um, which is kind of important because you're sometimes able to mask like what your game one is depending on what your hand is you probably don't really want that hand though um but but you're able to like hide a little bit of who you are so then your opponent could uh play around you in inappropriately and then suddenly you 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 play underworld breach and grinding station um and then together with grinding station you're able to uh sacrifice a zero cost artifact like mox amber and then go through your deck and replay it until you can hit your win con which is either grape shot but I think most people play fast as Oracle. And 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 to kind of to explain the 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 basic way the combo works or, or what the two things. So through the breach is one. Underworld breach is one of the red for an enchantment. Each uh, non-land card in your graveyard has a escape. The escape cost is equal to the cards mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. Um, so basically you can cast it for its converted mana cost or no, for just its mana cost, and then yes. you have to exile three additional cards from your graveyard. Um, but it doesn't... Key features that are different than stuff like Yagamoth's 
will is it does not exile those things. It exiles the cards you exile, but the card itself sticks around. And so then that paired with grinding station, which is the two mana artifact that you can tap it, sacrifice an artifact target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Whenever an artifact comes into play, you may untap grinding station. Um, So you sacrifice any of the zero cost artifacts in the deck, being it Mox Amber or Mishra's Bobble um, or some of the sideboard cards. uh, And it then uh, mills three cards, mill your own three cards. You can then use those three cards you milled to uh, replay the the artifact and then basically go through your whole deck, milling your whole deck using Underworld Breach. Uh, And and then thus Oracle wins the game once you have no cards in your library. Normally, you're able to generate extra mana using the Mox Amber if you're using it that way. Uh, and then the additional cards you're putting, um, you want to have, right? You want to have three extra cards to be able to win with Thassa's Oracle? If you mill Thassa's Oracle? Well, yeah, you, you, need, you need more cards in the graveyard to ultimately s- stop on Thassa's Oracle. Because well, you just you just move into Thassa's Oracle instead of Mox Amber, right? Yeah, the last yeah, yeah. You at do, the very just, end, you do that. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you just use the three cards from the Mox Amber. Instead of casting Mox Amber, you cast uh, Thassa's Oracle. So you don't, you don't need that much more. But yeah, so um, you need at least one other card in your graveyard above the necessary three so that you don't have to exile Thassa's Oracle. Oh, we could... Uh, Never mind. I'm showing up. This all works. <laughs> As you're all realizing, I'm, I am new to this deck. Uh, but one of the things that really kind of excited me is what you mentioned before, which is that it does play this tempo game plan with a combo backup plan. And to me, that type of deck has existed in modern for a long time, right? The, the, the idea of like combo deck meets other strategy. And this kind of is this weird, perfect marriage of birthing pod and splinter twin in both of their heydays where it's, it's a little birthing potty because it's not as control tempo-y as, Splinter Twin was, but then it does have kind of the like, here's three Pokemon cards that don't mean anything, but they do mean you win the game if you draw them correctly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you just create the best tagline ever for for under uh, for Breach Combo, which is it's the it's the marriage of Birthing Pod and Splinter Twin. I think everyone who quit Modern before Modern Horizons one w- would hear that and be like, oh, what? I want to play this deck now. <laughs> why I as soon as I got the Mox Amber, I was like, wait, this is the deck I've wanted to play. Because like you have the 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 Splinter Twin gameplay plan of like I play a one drop and a two drop creature and they're gonna beat you down and you can't deal with it directly because if you do, you're afraid that oh I could just win at your end step yes. if you tap out. And then it has kind of the birthing pod plan where you do get to play a little bit more of a grindier play pattern. And then you also don't know which pieces you shouldn't remove, because if you remove the wrong one, I can just tutor up the hate card you need, or I'm just going to be able to sacrifice my way to value in a way that you weren't prepared to or and still at any moment. I can play two Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards that uh, say win the game on them. (laughs) Don't do anything else. I think theoretically, and I haven't had like enough games uh, as the breach player uh, or enough reps to like confidently say this, but you can oftentimes like have, let's say, a grinding station in play, but your whole plan was really to play tempo. But that grinding station is so intimidating. You just force them to like make them have it and, and remove your grinding station and you like stick a, another threat afterwards. And they're like, oh, dang, I needed to you know deal with that instead. Yeah, they, so, they like tap out on their turn three. You're on the play. You play Ledger Shredder Grinding Station, and you now have the like a thick Ledger Shredder that you're beating them down with. But then that Grinding Station's there. <laughs> so yep. how 
what do I deal with? <laughs> and then just yeah, the letter should have killed them as a five six flyer. <laughs> yeah, five, the feint of the grinding station is is very strong. And also you have Urza Saga, so like you know, that's another really good threat where you're able to stake like a construct and then find like a shadow spear shadow spear and stick it on that or you use a, the urza saga to find yourself the zero rock you needed which is mox amber or something um so so there's like when i when i picked up this deck and and i play tested it i play tested just one night against like a friend like i played like 10 games or something when i first touched like this deck i was like oh my god there's so many decisions to make with like your mulligan and every piece, like every card you have in your hand can, can accommodate so many different plans that like, it's almost overwhelming to like try and figure out what is, is the right line to take here given like, depending on your matchup. Well, and that, and that was always the thing with birthing pod, right? Like birthing pod was probably the the best deck in modern when modern was created and had never not been the best deck in modern until it was banned except for the fact that it was so hard to play and so hard to figure out what is actually the optimal list for this that no one figured it out until three years later when then everyone was like the people that were good at pod got and were also good magic players became the same people and then they were just like oh we are masters at this deck and now we're just putting up consistent numbers at every tournament we ever play in because once you know all of the dishes and paths you're supposed to make the deck is unbeatable but knowing all of them takes thousands of games of reps knowing every matchup you're playing against the difficulty level is really high which is my favorite type of deck (laughs) yeah as much as it's bad for my ability to not go to time in events we have the same taste where where i have a friend who i play modern with and he doesn't really like complex decks He, he just likes the like the idea of something being very punishing is like uh not something he's interested in but for me it's like oh tell me more right how, how, tell me all the ways this deck can punish me and make me make me feel dumb i want to play this deck uh, i like i don't know what it and maybe it's just like i want myself to be punished but i would much rather lose games knowing that it was my fault that i lost than lose games that felt unwinnable right like right. like like going into like every tournament as like jund and playing against like three tron matches sounds so much more miserable than me playing this deck and just like oh i punted and i sacrificed the wrong thing at the wrong time or i attacked when i should have blocked or whatever to get to that whatever point and yeah it definitely is my goal as much as possible is to feel dumb <laughs> yes <laughs> then helpless it's really interesting i don't i don't i i don't want to like scare people off from playing this deck because it's not so much that it's intimidating but it's just uh, once you pick it up, you see there's so much potential that that it's it's hard to immediately pick the line you want to go for. And some of the lines for this deck is somewhat higher risk than like other decks have, mm. which which I think would be like the the last ten or fifteen percent of skill required to really master this deck, which is understanding when to take a very risky line um, mm-hmm. because that is like your best out to this match. Uh, I, I was playing. I was playing this really cool deck in Legacy. It's uh, Sam Murphy designed this deck called uh, Doomsday Tempo, where it's Doomsday plus Merktide, <laughs> um, and and it, you you pick you pick either plan. 
the deck can support either plan um, very well, and then it's essentially the exact same thing, right? Your your Doomsday is your Breach, and your Murktide is your Lighter Shredder, right? And depending on your match, depending on your hand, you pick the game plan, and then like if they if they stop your tempo, you slam down the Doomsday, or you turn out the Doomsday, but turns out you actually your pile was tempo to kill them with like a really fast clock somehow, right? Or something right. Like that. So. I actually had like very similar decks that required very similar skills and and it's very very satisfying to play um and and it's recognizing like sometimes you're just going to have to like realize your best out here is actually just to take a super risky turn one doomsday and hope they don't have it right or you well, know whatever and and in this deck I mean that's kind of the power of underworld breach right where it's like yes if you have underworld breach in your hand sometimes underworld breach with grinding station wins you the game Sometimes you just have the right cards where you get to like ca- cast three Mishra's baubles uh, in a row and just use it as a two mana draw three cards or use it to like use your Aether Spellbound and bounce four permanents or use it to use your Aether Spellbound to bounce your um, your your Emery to then replay your Emery to then mill into the grinding station that you then need to be able, you know, there, there's so many different lines you can take just with just the words on every card being kind of draw three cards, <laughs> but put them in your Emery graveyard. is such a broken, like this, when you play Emery with this deck, Emery feels so broken. The very first hand I kept on the underroop on, on this deck was like, I think it was, uh, I don't know, steam vents. And then three artifacts, one of them being a mox Amber. And then I think I slammed down a turn one em- Emery and like somehow also had mana for a Ragavan. I, I don't think that's possible. No, yeah, it is. You, uh, uh, Steam Vents, uh, Mishra's Bobble, Mishra's Bobble, no, Mox Amber. You play Emery off on the Steam Vents that turns the Mox Amber into a thing that can then cast. Gives you blue. I can't play Ragavan. So, anyways, the idea is just like you're still able to like just drop all your rocks, drop all your like play a lot of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Play right. Emery, flip over more cards in your graveyard. And now Emery lets you play Mishra, replay Mishra's Bobble and draw yeah, more cards. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's just nuts. So, uh, which is which is really really cool when you have it. So this is like actually a really important learning for me in in regards to this deck is the yeah. I found that the I play blue white ren six uh, mm-hmm. in modern. So so like learning how to manage my colors has been like a thing that I've been practicing a lot. And and on this deck to me feels much more uh, difficult to manage colors than than blue white ren six actually because. Uh, when you try to go for it, it's so important that you you have the right colors when you're go, trying to go for it. Like, let's say you have the Underworld Breach line, right? You've set that up and you have the Mox Amber, but your only way to generate color was you only have a Ragavan in play, right? Um, how do you how do you hit your Thassa's Oracle if you can't make blue? Right, sure. Oh, like, oh, oh like, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there I, f- I have found that there are some like there are times where I actually have the combo, but I don't have the colors to support the combo. Sure, you like so, need Emery in play to be able to win with the Mox Amber, basically. Yeah, or or maybe you need a you you need to have a spring leaf drum or something like that. To, sure, like, sure, sure. You need to like sequence it in a way where you can hit the double blue, which I know Grape Shot is like not the preferred out here, but to me, like grape shot is somewhat interesting to me because it simplifies at least that part in the end of the line versus that's Oracle. But it's interesting you know, but, that they don't play both, right? Because I, I guess when that's that's kind of the like question on on what are some of the ways to kind of angle shoot or change the deck. Now it does feel pretty tight. It's not like there's a lot of empty space, but it's not like grape shot. 
as a removal spell is the worst thing I've ever played. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking myself too. But I trust the greater powers at hand, and they they believe in Thassa's Oracle. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that well, as yeah, a person think, who only played the deck one, one night. <laughs> I think I think what I would probably if I was to mess around and and find out, I think I would probably cut an unholy heat for a grape shot, um, which like maybe wrecks you in the worst possible matchup you don't want to get wrecked in but also like grape shot can kind of do a fake unholy heat impersonation if you really really need it to on turn two that's uh, true. and then i mean it doesn't do the six mana version of it but i think that that that's not the most relevant for this deck sometimes so i don't know that would be my that would be my my go-to well i would not cut thassa's oracle for grape shot but i would maybe have both if mana management is that difficult to pull off when you need to in the matchups that it's the most important yeah Yeah. i think it's just uh when when you pick up this deck the few things i'll pay attention to is like one of them is is the making sure you have the right colors and thinking and and like planning ahead to make sure that you you're ready for that and then also uh had like just knowing the the line a little bit better like did you know the grounding station triggers itself (laughs) I did know that. That I knew. <laughs> yeah. it's, so, it's so unintuitive. That's like it's. Thankfully, uh, when when I said I'm interested in Underworld Breach and Grinding Station, someone was like, "Oh, that's a pretty com- like a slightly complex line." I'm like, "Don't worry, I play CDH. That's like what I do all the time." Um, right, right. <laughs> so so fortunately, I do have some experience of how to play Underworld Breach. Um, but like just knowing that there's there's that's that's one untap trigger, and if you have extra mana, you can actually like you know uh, grind itself. Um, or grind something, grind itself, so you see more cards and replay your your, your grinding station. Yep. If you want to hit more cards, right? If you have if you have like a surplus of mana, you just need more, just hit more things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something to do. So like, there's a lot of like little things like that you can learn. Um, but I think mana, like the line, and just like then then knowing like kind of getting a good feel for for when is it time to go on the beatdown, when is it time to just like survive and and hit the breach, uh, is pretty important too. And like a part of it also is like a lot of the cards are all very open ended, right? Like it's it's Ragavan both having both the ability to attack or dash. Do you cast the spells off of your opponent's thing? Do you cast the cast the cards that you need to cast to further your game plan that aren't just the random things you got from your opponent? The fact that do you save your treasures for what we talked about just earlier, where it's like you need blue mana to cast Thassa's Oracle. And if you only have Ragavan, what do you do? You know, Ledger Shredder, what do you discard? You know, like the the decision trees just on a ledger shredder are intense. Emery, yes. Emery, which is not not just like the ability to like bounce Emery and or have it die to return it to be able to cast it off of it through the breach to draw more cards, but also dang, I got you again. That's too too. Oh. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I probably would have done it more, but like you know, there's a version of this deck that just like there are decks that can't beat Emery Aether spell bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like that's an insane lockout for some decks that just won't be able to beat that. Um, you know, not to mention like the Mishra Bobbles Fetchland game. <laughs> yes. Uh like, and then Teferi Time Raveler can bounce your own permanence instead of bouncing one of their permanents. So you get to play that fun game. So, like, almost every card is its own little mini game of decision trees that you have to figure out. One thing I will say is uh I'm gonna extend my um 
uh, uh, deck metaphor at the beginning. Not only is this birthing pod uh, meets Splinter Twin, uh, or the, it's the child of the marriage of birthing pod or Splinter Twin, but Affinity is also kind of the drunk uncle that hangs out. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because like you're playing, you're getting you're getting the mocks. You have the mocks and play. You're, you're like your turns could be like here's four artifacts. Turn one. Um, you have the whole like Urza saga making a big creature to attack with, with the fact that you just haven't sacked, which is another, you know, another layer of complication. Don't sack your mistress baubles unless you need to, maybe because <laughs> you have Urza socket in the deck. Um, and then, and then it has kind of the, what you mentioned, which is, do you go for the risky play and sack everything and risk it for the biscuit to go all in on a win condition? Or do you play the grindier long-term game plan? and not go for it, which affinity had to deal with a lot of the time, you know, original affinity was, do you do the wide strategy where you attack on the side and you keep your creatures alive and only sacrifice them to, you know, do damage on a need to know basis in case they have a removal spell, or do you just sack every artifact you have, put it all on ornithopter and attack them for 15 in the air and hope your opponent doesn't have a lightning bolt. <laughs> um, also another really big, uh, really cool thing about this deck is that you have really really good draws late game like there there have been games where like i'm totally out of the game but i'm never ever actually out of the game like if let's say i went for it and Tolak got totally stopped all i need to do is hit another under top deck another un, underworld breach and we're we're in it again so i think also the fact that your 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 top decks are that live like adds more to the decision making where it's like you you can take a risky line and bet on the idea that like if I get stopped here, I might survive another couple more turns mm -hmm. and I might be able to dig for that underworld breach and like attempt again. So yeah, it's it's like a super sweet deck. Well, so so other ideas. One was leaning more into one of the two options of either I think it's already, especially if you look at the sideboard where it's playing Shadow Sphere, it's playing Pithing Needle, it's playing Termod Termod script, you have a little bit more of the like birthing pod hate bears artifact hate bears kind of deck strategy option to move into but i what i was wondering if there has been versions of this deck that lean more into just here's a pile of counter magic or removal spells to just like be a actual tempo control deck that just like might win the way that splinter twin used to with grinding station underworld breach um and i know there was a few decks we picked out that were like is it prowess decks that were playing underworld breach but yeah, they're doing I, it more for just like Underworld Breach is a heck of a card and why did they print it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting to see a lot of lists, these uh, like new lists coming out where they're just putting, trying out like one or, I think it's like two copies of Underworld Breach as like that late game uh, finisher that you just slam down and like give you that little bit of reach that you needed to like close out a game because because Modern does like, you know, you go through a lot of cards with your fetch lands and just playing spells. Um like a lot like you usually just have a big graveyard which is why drown in the lock is like a playable card here um and if if a meta has like or if your format is like drown in the lock is playable then in general i assume underworld breach has enough fuel right, right. so it's it's, just, it's been interesting to see like other decks that to do like adopting underworld breach in that role like not combo at all uh, i think a really nice way i've seen it described is like underworld breach is either like uh double like double or triple lightning bolt or it's like a treasure cruise where you hit another expressive iteration for four mana which it's quite like it's a little bit but it's not nothing right another expressive iteration is might be the thing you need i mean yeah i think like it also gives decks that are leaning into stuff like murktide regent 
like a game plan B, right? Where it's 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 resistant to most of the removal other than maybe hard graveyard hate, like a rest in peace or something that keeps your graveyard empty, that the Merc type like that the a normal aggressive attack you in the air tempo deck is not gonna be is gonna be not I forgot how I started the sentence. Underworld Breach is good against the decks that are good against the tempo game plan, or at least it attacks it at a different access that the hate cards against your tempo game plan would be answered by. You're like, oh, well, I'm cool that you brought in good removal spells. Here's an enchantment that lets me lightning bolt you six times. Yeah. GG. Or or even just like, let's say uh, we're not, I don't think we're proposing to put, to start slamming Underworld Breaches into your Merc Tide decks. But like, let's say you you do get uh, you you hit a point where you're slightly exhausted, where you, you exhausted your resources, and then you top deck an Underworld Breach, you play a Murktide and play like a Delver or something. I don't think you play Delver anymore, but like a Ledger Shredder, and you because you escape three Dra- cards, Dragon you go to Murktide, right? Yeah. Like the the that one Underworld Breach just puts you right back into the game, right? Like you don't, it doesn't have to like end the game. I think the idea that like Underworld Breach has that utility and can get you back into a game is like very very appealing for cards for, for decks that that might want it. it it it's kind of like the modern day snapcaster mage right like why yeah. play snapcaster mage when you can play underworld breach and get get a dragon rage channeler that then also lets you cast uh, a lightning bolt that for one extra mana than you would have spent if you were snapcaster maging lightning bolting and um i definitely think there's a lot of really cool i mean that it makes that just now a you know a one one again but I still think that that, yeah i would take i would take dragon rage channeler and a lightning bolt in play for four mana you also trigger surveil yeah (laughs) cards nuts (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think i think like through the breach allows you to do so many cool number three (laughs) not through the breach Breach. underworld breach allows you to uh like Attack it. I mean, kind of what we mentioned earlier, right? With Grinding Station in its own, it lets you attack in so many different angles. It's such a great value card. Then applying that same logic to everywhere else. It's 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 really similar to almost what happened with Death Shadow, where like for years, Death Shadow was a gimmick card that people were playing with. Not gimmick, that's mean to, but like was a like, I'm going in on getting my life total to three mana as soon as possible and then giving this 10, 10, one mana double strike. That's what the deck is about. And then they banned Gitaxian Probe. And everyone's like, okay, I guess we'll try like playing with Thoughtseize. And oh, well, the double strike isn't as good because I'm going down. I'm not able to like turbo out as low as life as I like use, you know, uh, uh, um, the five mana creature that cycles for life and Gitaxian Probe. So yeah, Street Wraith. So I, instead of me going deep on that game plan, instead of double strike, I'll just play like good removal spells. Like, oh, this is actually the best Delver in the variant in the format it's not a gimmicky 10 10 that you give double strike it's a one mana five five to eight eight that then you play removal spells to make sure it doesn't die yeah cool. <laughs> i have uh i have i have this dm from a friend a long time ago uh he was like you want to see this really funny meme deck and it was it was a death shadow deck and and then like you know fast forward a couple months death shadow was the thing right right it's, it's, it's funny how how decks kind of like 
evolve like that. They start off as as these interesting memes or whatever. Turns out the meme was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 often what it is is like there's a meme in the deck, but then if you take part of the meme out, that deck is actually good. Like there's the meme was working because there was a good deck supporting yeah. it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Death Shadow is great. It's the double striking, you know, gimmick that actually wasn't good. And just and in this case, it could just be that like. Now, mind you, I think the grinding station game plan is that powerful that I don't think that's going to go away. But say they ban grinding station, like I think Underworld Breach said it correctly. Uh, Underworld I Breach is, <laughs> uh, is like just a card that we're going to see showing up in more and more modern decks that have nothing to do with combo, just as a good value enchantment across the board. I think so. I'm I'm pretty excited to see like what kind of list we'll we'll put up like put put results with it because it's a cool card broken card <laughs> super broken card should they have printed cool. this card debatable uh debatable it's 21 cheaper oh wow a cheaper yogs will for two mana that also doesn't exile cards forever hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that's also like an etb on a thing that you can you can rebuy it right it's not exiled when it dies it you dies sacrifice like it. it doesn't exile yeah you could theoretically like, well that's so that was the one like uh, other cards that i thought for the grinding station deck so yeah there's there's the one quant conversation we kind of just got into which is like can you play this card as a tempo card um and and then the other part of that conversation is like does that deck just play a single grinding station and some of the other cards that that deck plays anyways with through the breach game plan a being go after people as a value card and then just once in a while you're like oh i won because I have Grape Shot in my deck and, th- and Underworld Breach, and you just didn't expect me to win that way. Or, like, is there enough pieces to make both sides work? It does rely on the zero mana artifacts, specifically yeah. Mox Amber. It relies on Mox Amber a lot. Um, so, like, kind of the format just, well, I don't know. I like, yeah, I guess it's like, is this deck as is just better going all in or is it better opening up the shell but then what do you take out because part of the thing is like expressive iteration is just like a dumb card also yeah i think it's like pretty tight already um and the all and all the other cards that you you play that aren't part of the plan is also just like broken right like ragavan it's just broken. So, so why would you not play Ragavan? Well, and that's the, that's the game plan B that we're describing, anyways. Yeah, yeah. The the other random cards, Hall of Heliod was one I was thinking. Or isn't it's like longer, right? I just isn't saw that, that, that like Hall, of, Hall of Heliod uh, that puts an enchantment back on top of your deck. Yeah, where like so that way, if Underworld, it allows you to use your Underworld Breach a little bit that's more neat. proactively yeah. because you can rebuy it. That that would be an interesting. Now the problem there, I think, is what you mentioned before which is that this deck is so color hungry that it, because it's a colorless producing land, it's a little wonky. Yeah. But actually, Oh, that's such a, that's such a good piece of tech. I think when I was playing it like a month or two ago, it didn't have hall of, I actually just noticed hall of Heliod's uh, played another list. That wasn't a breach list, I think. Um, but I never consider those two together. What's really neat about, about having those two cards together. Sorry, you got me really excited thinking about those two things together. Um, <laughs> God, I want to play on CDH now. Is why did no one think about this? Uh, is is because is like Hall of, is Hall of Helia breach not a thing in CDH? I thought no, that ha- no, no, no. It's because it's I've only ever the the the, the application in CDH is that you play Intuition and Intuition has 
uh, Underworld Breach, Lion's Eye Diamond, Savine's Reclamation. So no matter what option you give them, you get your Underworld Breach back. But I've never, yep. ever seen Hall of Heliod uh, paired with Breach. And what I like about that is because you're actually able to not only fake out with an Underworld Breach to like bait counters, but also the really, really big part here is sometimes I'll actually use my grinding station as like a pseudo draw three um, mm-hmm. just to like try to hit something I need. And I was thinking, man, I really wish there was a Savine's Reclamation in this deck, but we almost have that now. If you have a Hall of Hall of Heliod, that means you can aggressively grind yourself with with the grinding station um, and like or or an Emery and not worry about it because you can just get it back. And and you're you're given the option there too to play stuff like um uh now they're not as good with grinding station they're good, better with underworld breach but just any of the uh, the enchantments that let you uh sacrifice for free to do damage they don't really work with the rest of the pile though i was like trying to think if there's like an none of the weapons let you sacrifice for free i think you would i think you probably just play uh yeah you just play play it for breach maybe yeah. dress down i actually really like dress down as interaction oh, um, that's cool yeah i like dress down you with could, it. yeah dress down uh I have, a, I have another friend in my lgs um his his signature move and i can hear it whenever he says it uh uh <laughs> no matter where i am at the lgs i can always hear him say it is he goes uh and enter your end step and then he play he flashes in a dress down because he'll have a three fairy, so it'll persist until his turn, and then he'll bounce it back to his hand. So that dr- that dress down drew him two cards. Oh, that's so sick! Yeah, I love yeah, I love dress down. So <laughs> so what could be viable here? And I don't know if they play dress down in in breach decks. Is that uh, ha- at least having dress down means the solid two won't hit your Emery uh, mm-hmm. because the Emery just dies really really fast all the time. Sure, sure. Uh, it's the, it's so, the easiest target that doesn't feel bad killing it, and you kind of have to before they untap with it. Like Ragavan, you can block. Eventually, yeah, I'm like, so, oh, I'll play this. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just like theorizing so much right now. <laughs> Game changer. Ver- verbalize the theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I need to take a little, another look at at breach list right now. I'm I'm more. I'm personally more interested in seeing like Underworld Breach and just other tempo lists that aren't combo based because my experience playing the deck and I know my other friends uh, have experienced something similar as well and we just attribute it to how dumb we are is is a lot of times Underworld Breach feels like this or this deck feels like this where you have uh, a piece from both game plans and then there's so much removal that you're just stuck with like not very good cards <laughs> where where at least like Splinter Twin they're flash flyers, right? Like the, right, your, right. your beaters are actually quite good, and and you're able to play play that tempo game really well. And not to say Ledger Shredder is not good because Ledger Shredder is great, but like it's different, right? Like if you're stuck with just a Ledger Shredder as your last card in hand, it's it's not the same as a Pester Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that one difference in power and the fact that you don't immediately get that ability, and your opponent can play against it no problem. And so it's bad also, in top deck wars. Breach. I think breach decks only play two spell peers. Like there's there's or or there's no no spell peers. There's, there's very little really, interaction. There's two in the in the board often. There there's very little interaction and also uh only two three varies, I think. So so your ability to protect yourself, like it's it's very, very proactive as a deck, which is which might be like, you know, strange to certain players who aren't used to that. Um 
But like, yeah, you need to learn how to be super proactive. And then sometimes you're just going to be stuck in situations where you're like, all I have is a Ragavan in hand or in play. Everything else has my, my uh, Emery has been exiled. My grinding station has been like ley line binding. <laughs> and, then, and then even if I play breach, it's not very good right now. And then like your opponent just like slams down a good creature and then you just lose. Right, right. You're like, okay. <laughs> Did, so that's, that's I why do I like trying to brew like, how do we make this a control deck or like, how do we make this more tempo-y than it is? But I, I do like, uh, uh, yeah, I do like the idea of using Underworld Breach of Tempo decks because then you're just able to take like, you know, like you're, what you're saying of Death Shadow, right? Like that the shell of the deck is very good. And then you just add an underworld breach for like that that little bit of reach at the end, or just to like you know close out a game. Sounds kind of good. I also I would think like, or my question would be if we're if we're trying to play a, a combo deck that also has like a viable tempo slash slightly aggressive game plan. Mm-hmm. I think creativity is also really really good. Like sure. creativity, you're able to play. Uh, you know, you have your dumb little dwarves, which you know, isn't nothing. Um, but you have uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which is just so broken yep. in that deck. It's yep. such a good card in that deck. So you're able to play Fable. Um, and you also play like Persist uh, as like an alternative to like your Archon. If a game goes on, you just slam down Archon with like, you know, your your, your Kiki, fragment of Kiki Chiki. So like there's a lot of different game plans in that deck as well and then your your combo line is also as efficient as as underworld breach so they're not necessarily one-to-one like i think underworld breach has like a slightly bet like more consistent tempo plan if you want that but it's interesting to consider right like if you really want that kind of diverse gameplay i don't know if like creativity is just like better because creativity you get to play leyline binding you get to play like a little bit of interaction and then i don't know slam down archon seems good yeah it, it, there's definitely i mean i think i think that's always the most important way to attack modern right is is and that's why like when you talk about the classic best decks in the format historically they're almost always game plan deck with game plan a that functions on game plan b that also just auto wins the game if they happen to do c right where it's like birthing pod for example game plan a is the hate bears deck right like you're playing a bunch of one of creatures that you could use birthing pot or you just find them and they're going to mitigate what your opponent's trying to do just long enough to be able to beat them down with those creatures game plan b is the combo you just happen to put whatever the combo at that you know whatever point of history is that or just chain siege rhinos into play but you know put malira into play and then they have to kill your maliras or kill your birthing pot to stop you and then game plan three being oh right if i have Gavany Township and Birds of Paradise in play, and I just make these into five, six flyers. I don't care that you kill yeah. Birthing Pod. <laughs> yeah, I think decks that have just multiple game plans like that is just like so fun to play. Yeah, yeah, and and it it makes it so that like hate cards are really hard to fight against. Like, how do you sideboard against all three game plans in? I would imagine that the through the breach, I mean, which I guess is a question is like, what what are the bad matchup? What are the good matchups? Before uh, we get into matchups, good matchup, bad matchups, uh, sideboard game plans, how you modify the deck, depending on what people are doing against you. Time to it's time to hit that like and comment button. So uh, we're going to play a game of trivia. The way this works is I'm going to ask Rebel a trivia question. It's going to be very, very ranging and difficult. It could be hard, could be easy. We're going to find out. But uh, regardless, she's going to uh, him and ha 
uh, at their best. And uh, in that meantime, uh, you all need to guess what your answers to the trivia are in the comments below. Uh, So please comment your answer. Uh, If you get it wrong, uh, when I finally give the answer or Rebel guesses it uh, or knows it, uh, then uh, you're going to have to hit the like button. If you get it right, uh, high five, you have to hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed already. But hopefully you already are. So you didn't lose anything. Subscribe. It's, it's the perfect deal. It's the perfect deal. All right. Just subscribe. Just hit it. Just, hit it. just, just subscribe. Button. Just, do it. just do it. <laughs> um, Rebel. This this is a trivia question uh, provided by uh, fan of the cast at storm underscore cauldron. Uh, how many nice name. legendary Eldrazi in uh, have been printed cards with the creature type legendary Eldrazi? Oh, interesting. Hmm. Ha. Huh. <laughs> Actually, uh, all right, all right. Let, let's let's think it out loud while everyone probably slammed down the answer already. We got three Eldrazi characters, right? We got Emrakul, we have Ulamog, we got we got the last Kozilek, then we got them twice. So three times two would be six. However, I do think uh, there is one more legendary Eldrazi, the one that Oh wait, it that betrays, I think is a legendary. Um Sponsor Ulamog, I don't think is a legendary. And is Eldrazi conscription legendary? Does that is it legendary creatures or, or just legendary persons? Uh, legendary, legendary legendary creature. They're 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 uh, we're asking about legendary creatures. Hmm. Let's say let's say seven. Did I big brain myself? We're, uh so final final answer? Yeah, so final answer. And and uh, so uh, that is incorrect. Uh, you you no. got so so. Uh, I I will just because it's fun to keep guessing. Uh, so you got the obviously the main six. You ever that's that's the easy one. So the answer is there are eight. I will say <gasps> that the other two are tricky, and uh, I'll give you one more one more chance. It wasn't it that betrays. It, it, it that betrays is not a legendary creature. And neither what? neither is a, 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 a spawn sire spawn. It has it has a it has a legendary it has a legendary name. It, it, it's a it that betrays, right? Uh, you yeah. can't have them that betray. Okay, right. <laughs> let's let's try and figure out what's the what's the other two. Um, definitely not thought not seer. I've seen that in multiple multiples. Uh, I will I will also I, they give you even if you want I can give you more clues or, or ask ask for yeah, clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 both have the exact same mechanic that is not not uh, uh, like it's not like annihilator they both have the same uh, specific mechanic what I give up what is it uh, it is Brazilla voice of nightmares and Hanwire oh. the writhing township. Oh yeah, they are legendary Eldrazi. I got tricked. It is tricky. I got tricked I by the storm cauldron. <laughs> the the meld effect. Now, I would also have allowed ten uh, as the answer. I think would be a fair one because there are two meld cards that turn into that right. card. So debatable how many cards they are. <laughs> um, but uh, they are. Yeah, that's those. Those are the eight. All right. So uh, for those uh, that commented uh, incorrectly. Uh, hit that hit that like button and if you got it correct hit 
everyone has to hit the subscribe button. You all are subscribing. Um, otherwise, you could become a voice of nightmares. No one wants that. That is by far the most horrifying magic story by a long shot. All right. Back to Grinding Station and Underworld yeah. Breach uh, and uh, Through the Breach as well. Um we need to bring through the breach decks back. Speaking of Emrakul, um, I've lost a through the breach before. That card, that deck is so sick. The blue white, the the Jeskai control through the breach decks that just like mm-hmm. got to Emrakul you for free. That also played a lot like Splinter Twin because your Splinter Twin was the problem. The problem was always that unlike Splinter Twin, Splinter Twin had the the good half, which was the creature that was a playable card without the combo. With through the breach, it's still kind of just like you have to have the two cards and neither of them do anything until you have both of them um in the in the control decks in the in the combo version the like gorio's vengeance through the breach grizzle brand decks those were sick i missed that deck r.i.p faithless looting yeah <laughs> i guess faithless looting wouldn't be good to exist with underworld breach in the same format mm. They never exist. I don't know. Because you already have you have grinding station and amber together. Mm-hmm. I don't think paying a red to like that's true. Loot two cards is is hitting help helping you like stay neutral or positive. Yeah, yeah. That's once, right. if, if once, was... a, once you have a dragon rages channeler and the and a grinding station or underworld breach, then it's much easier. So DRC I guess that's, is not so. That's a question. Is has DRC been tried over Ragavan or is just Ragavan pound for pound that much more powerful? Um I assume it's just pound for pound much better. I would personally run DRC because I'm cheap. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That is that is a, a a a get out of jail, not jail. Get out of dollars free card. Is that DRC? I mean, there was an argument for a while that DRC is better than Ragavan just because you can have two of them at play at the same time. Um, like the the return on invest it, not the return on investment. Multiple for a, better. <laughs> I think for a hot second, or like you could, pro- you might be able to like argue a little bit that DRC surveil, letting you see more cards, and also eventually growing to be like a flyer. Flyer uh, makes it more relevant in like later game states versus mm-hmm. like Ragavan, depending on your matchup. Sometimes it just sits there, right? Like after your your initial couple of turns, um, if you're not able to clear their board, or if they have enough blockers, it just it just doesn't do much which I've experienced a lot of that when I'm playing Breach. However, we all know that if there's a turn one Ragavan and you don't answer it, you just lose that game. Right, so. right, right, right. <laughs> I, do th- I do think that if you are going to lean into the more aggressive game plan, I would definitely lean, because right now the decks are mostly playing one Lightning Bolt, four on Holy Heat. I would rotate that mix if you wanted to go more into the tempo game plan, which maybe Dragon Rage Chandler does push you towards. So you have the four bolts to get the reach out of it. Cause that is one thing like unholy heat doesn't allow you to lock the game out with underworld breach the same way lightning bolt does. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. You're, you're able to like faint, uh, a grinding state. Like you play your grinding station, have them exile. It. it turns out you're just there to, to, to pop them for like six damage with a breach next turn and swing in with like a shredder. Yeah. I could buy that. Yeah, I think. I th- yeah, it's an interesting. It's one of the. It's one of the one things looking at it, which I'm assuming part of it is that's what we're about to get into. Is like, what are the bad matchups for the deck, and what what is it trying not to do? Um, that like some of that is just like 
unholy heat is better at answering things you need to answer to be able to win versus lightning bolt, which is just like kind of in some ways leaning too hard into the game, the worst game plan the deck has to offer. Um, but on the other hand, I like a light. I love a lightning bolt. It's a very versatile card. Yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard that it's good? <laughs> well, actually, when I was uh, tuning for like Money Pile, like after Money Pile was, I don't know when I was tuning Money Pile, and like a little bit after Money Pile was gone, there was a while where like we were talking about how good is lightning bolt anymore in modern. Um, like the fact that we're able to debate how good it is anymore shows how far like you know it's modern has progressed uh as a format in terms of power um like lightning bolt's obviously good but there is an argument for like you might want unholy heats over over lightning bolts these days because heat just like takes out any planeswalker basically which is very very relevant getting rid of planeswalkers getting rid of renin six that like such an important feature and it's really hard to like I, but like, yeah, the 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 fact that it doesn't target players, and this might just me be being a boomer modern player, which is something I just currently always exist in. But being able to do that is like really helpful. But like, it also like it, like there's just so many X fours in the format now as well that yeah. being able to kill them is like really important. Everything from like Urza to to Primeval Titan to you know, there's just like all this really cool stuff that needing to get rid of is helpful for. That I get it for sure. I- I had the same behavior when I was tuning Money Pile, where I was like, oh, but Lightning Bolt has to be good, right? It's Lightning Bolt. You can also play then Eternal Witness and Ephemerate Lightning Bolt. And it's like a Snapcaster or whatever. It's and then and then it just when I played like more games against the other decks, I was like, oh, I don't really want this lightning bolt anymore. I need to really kill that construct or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now I will <laughs> I will say in like the big brain play is that right now the best players in the world might not be using underworld breach correctly. And maybe we're just smarter than them. <laughs> Remember yes. I, heard this, I started this episode <laughs> saying that I like being dumb. <laughs> um, and, and I do think they're playing one lightning bolt for that reason, right? Like lightning bolt does offer a win condition. Mm-hmm. You only need one with your underworld breach. That is the one piece of it where it, it maybe is less. You need that many. It's just, it feels like you want to be able to do a little bit more of a tempo play with this deck and that gives you a better chance at that yeah all right matchups let's go all right i don't know the matchup super well i just know for underworld breach when i played it i got wrecked by decks that just have a lot a lot of removal um because i just can't play around it not to be super aggressive but i do play blue white control and i so far haven't really lost to underworld breach like ever I bet Underworld Breach has a pretty good matchup against Murktide, though, which is pretty important. Like, I think against the blue-red decks, you you have Ledger Shredder is just such a big game against them, right? You're you're able to outdraw with them. They they let you just draw so many cards and letting you dig to combos that you need. And then you also have a big flyer just to be in their way. Having a 1-3 to block Raghavan early on, and then that gets bigger to be able to fight Dragon Rage Channeler, that then gets bigger to fight you know, there are other big things and you can use whatever you have to be able to fight stuff like their Murktide regents. I think uh, like based on what I'm looking at, uh, the one of the harder matchups are actually the Cascade matchups, um, oh, specifically yeah. Living End, just like Living End living is uh, such a 
bad time <laughs> um now that you have some options but like getting some of your creatures into the graveyard before they live again is just not going to be comparable to what they're getting in there um yeah. and really really that. hurts you uh most of the time at least to me is like boseju is like the key answer to to underworld breach decks where uh you just have to like account for it i know in a lot of the guides for underworld breach they like talk to you like they talk about you know how this is how you play around an endurance um mm-hmm. because endurance is real because people are taking endurance not for you but for other decks yep. just so happens that hits you as well maybe they are taking for you but but the Baseju is like the big one because the Baseju goes under the three fairy that you play like you resolve and there are a lot of games i've played where i'm like the control deck and i actually had answers for like a lot of the things but I know for a fact that this person's like, I, I've played enough Underworld Breach and CDH to see like, all right, this is your slim graveyard. I'm going to wait until you like try to do something. Then I'll pop your Underworld Breach. Then you can't do anything. And now you let it die. Right. And then like, I'll proceed to take my turn. So like, I think learning how to not get punished by, un- by a Baseju deck is like a very important skill. I think, I think also like one of the matchups, and that's kind of like on that same game plan is, is the Yagamoth, the the Yagamoth decks are probably maybe its worst matchup where like a they have the most endurances you could ever want they're playing force of vigors they're playing besieges they're playing you know multiple one drop easy answers to prevent Ragavan and your tempo game plan from going through they're not overly drawing cards or making your let or casting spells in a way that turns your ledger and they have their own version of like I'm sorry I won good job uh, but while th- you're trying to win on an axis that they're good against, they're trying to win on an axis that you're kind of bad against. Um, that seems to me probably like the thing that I would be most afraid of. Yeah, maybe I, I, I assume you might just like default into like a more temple role there and just hold on to your unholy heat. to like kill. I don't know if it matters against i actually haven't played against i've never seen yogmoth like i've people talk to me about it i've never ever ever seen that deck like live i've seen every other deck but that one sure um, sure I, I think it's like it, if maybe it's i mean it's it's the birthing pod variant of the format right? right where like that's that's the other deck i would be most interested in if i was to enter a tournament tomorrow to play and i probably if i like had the cards would maybe play this one over breach purely because i haven't played it enough and it's as we've discussed multiple times in this podcast that it's extremely difficult to do well with (laughs) and to know every play with where i feel like yagaboth also being difficult in that way at least is playing on an access that i'm a lot more familiar with the basic earlier combo birthing pod experience um just with a beat down young wolf strangle root geist game plan um yeah, it's it's an interesting there's a lot of like really cool stuff that you could do. Um, but I guess this is my takeaway with Grinding Station, because I, I do think we're running out of a little bit of time. I think with Grinding Station and, and specifically with Underworld Breach, there is a ton that this card can do that is probably being pretty underutilized in the format at the moment. Yes. Pretend, like I, I can I can buy the buy into the idea that Underworld Breach like we're just scratching the surface and and there might be like an even better tempo combo deck or just breach deck out there. I mean, it, it's it's 
like has to be in the top 10 card, not 10, 10 cards. That's hard. It's, it's one of the best, most defining cards of the CDH format in general. And it's yes. like totally legal and modern in a way that like, why aren't more decks playing it? If it's able to get so much value so easily, the fact that like any late game environment you're in, it can just as a single card top deck, if you have a lightning bolt or a card draw spell in your graveyard, just can win you the game almost instantly seems like such an underutilized opportunity for value win condition. And, and then add the fact that there's a bunch of cards that just like, actually it says win the game with, if you, if you have them together, like grinding station. Yeah. I don't know if this makes me sound like, I don't know, a radical, <laughs> I don't know, crazy person, but like I, I can, I wonder if, burn should play like one copy of breach right because we were talking about it earlier at worst your breach is like like a slightly worse volcanic hammer Mm -hmm. it's a it might be like you know you play four mana that turn to deal six damage which it's not that bad for burn right like one of the issues of burn is that you run out of gas eventually right Right. and and you just don't have card draw because you you dedicate every slot to dealing damage and underworld breach is one of those cards that you just like slam down and boom Deal nine damage for four five mana. The deck could also run a Hall of Heliod. It's a really it's kind of it rough can. because you it need double can. red, but you also also can buy Eidolon of Great Revel with it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, which is like a buy buyer buyer Hall of Heliods from TCG Player. Yeah, that's the. That's, that's the theme of this that's, episode. That's the other, yeah. Well, and it's playing white already. Plus, you could just play the single, the or like one or two copies of um, the one mana red enchantment that you can sack to do two damage or anything. The spell bomb, but for mm-hmm. red, um, to just as as a like guaranteed two damage every turn late game removal spell with it. I don't know. Hala Heliod and burn. It's the secret tech. Everybody, you're all missing out. <laughs> Hala Heliod and breach yeah, and breach. burn. Yeah, yeah. You, you need go. both. You need both. It's a, it's a, it's three cards that you add. One of them is a land. You just cut a mountain or something, and then or an arid mesa, and then you just, uh, just have a good time. Arid mesa is not the thing to cut. Skull. Uh, where's the? Oh, I guess. Oh yeah, they're playing one blood. You cut the bloodstained mire. That's too exp- It's a, it's an ally colored fetch. We've already talked about. You only want enemy color fetches in this format. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like I don't understand. Is there, are they splashing black? Why are you playing a bloodstained mire in this list? over just a fourth arid mesa that seems silly well it's for that surgical extraction maybe i mean i guess that's not not a thing but i think in burn <laughs> if i'm playing burn and my opponent surgical extracts my arid mesa i think i'm pretty happy about that <laughs> i think i'm doing a lot of happy dancing <laughs> My guess is just like it's whatever fetch lands the person who had this list had, and it doesn't matter. Or it's like the super sixty brain chess move where you turn one uh, crack. You, wait, wait. You play like a blessed Meyer and then like fetch into a uh, ragavan without showing. Like maybe like you you get your your uh, sacred foundry, and then your opponent will think like, oh, is this some mardu yeah. and then you're like nope burn nope <laughs> you got tricked by the good old blessed Meyer. now yep. take 10 that's i mean you know sometimes that's how people try and do it i <laughs> i always think that like the one that's silly to me is the like make sure every like 
uh, set symbol is the same of all the cards you're playing of a specific card because they like might be able to metagame and know how many copies of a certain card you're playing by like remembering. That seems like so much work. I feel like that doesn't. Yeah, if you're able to dedicate their brain power on on the set symbol, I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I just uh, especially when they're expensive. I just gonna own the cards I have. Um, all right. So, uh, Rebel, anything anything else you'd like to talk about grinding station or modern in general uh, before before uh, we start wrapping up? I think we'll just end on the same thing. Get your get your underworld breaches and your hall of heliods on the TCG player link. And, and to be honest, scalding tarns and Herod Mesos. Yeah, yeah, all that for sure. Yeah, maybe get those first. Just get just get a cop a playset anyways. Just like yeah, <laughs> just buy multiple playsets. Um, all right. Uh, once again, yeah. As thank you TCG player. Uh, I'm excited to see what my uh, underworld breach through the breach missed misplay account is. Um, you know, actually, or just everyone buy under through the breaches, and we'll like just yep. like that card for no reason because I can't say cards correctly. Uh, and uh, thank you, Rebel, for joining. Where can where can people find you on on uh, online once again? You can find me on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, just make sure you spell Rebel two L's. Very important. <laughs> oh, I uh, recently had to find your channel on an account that wasn't like the one of the normal ones i'm logged into is like a work youtube account and uh or i was like looking at for work and i definitely put rebel sun without the two l's and i was like oh there's a lot of confederate flags yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of people a lot of people express have the same experience where they're like oh rebels (laughs) like that huh (laughs) so so i actually had a an old video um it's really funny where i as i targeted the rebel sun with one L and the thumbnail is me saying, are you looking for magic? And then it's me singing country roads because you <laughs> might want, you know, country music as well. So I got you. There. Yeah. Perfect. It's, it's content for all, all sides of, of uh, the coin. Um, all right. <laughs> so every, please, please go check out rebels content there. It's, 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 it's uh, all really great stuff. You have, um, uh modern gameplay uh or not modern yeah modern gameplay right didn't you do a I modern actually game? do have modern gameplay yeah yeah so modern I'm gameplay gonna, i'm gonna have a, a video where i play matt sperling uh Ooh, nice. modern so so definitely yeah. check that out there's also commander gameplay uh and commander content uh if you haven't hit the like and subscribe button hit that like and subscribe button um and uh if you're going to philly make sure we'll both be there come say hello yeah. to us and uh in the meantime comments below please comment with uh just what cool Phyrexia all will be one cards because we're gonna do probably review start doing the review episode spectrum once Ben's back uh talking about all the sweet cards we're gonna be seeing um uh, all right thanks everyone thank you Rebel uh, and I'll talk to all of you, you next week bye this has been a production of Time Traveler Media sending podcasts into the future